Welcome to AwareCast. In this podcast, we talk about information security risks in your day-to-day life, both on and offline. Each episode, we interview a specialist from their field about recognizable situations. AwareCast aims to inspire and inform you to become more resilient against information security threats and increase your security awareness. This podcast is hosted by AwareWays, a company that helps organizations with behavioral change in the field of information security and privacy. Welcome, everybody, to episode seven of the AwareCast. Uh, today, I have two special guests. Uh, my first guest is Hannah Bohm uh, from AwareWays, and we also have Honda Divenvordi here. Um, so maybe just to, inter- to start, let's uh, do a quick introduction round. Uh, I'm Joost. I work at AwareWays as a developer, software developer. Uh, so I sit behind a computer all day trying to build software. Uh, Hannah, how about you? Yes, my name is Hannah Bohm. I'm head of program management at Awareways, uh, almost six years. Uh, so that's a long time. Uh, and during my period at Awareways, I've worked as a program manager and as a communication specialist. And with that experience, uh, I'm sitting here today uh, uh, to fill in on, on all the communication campaigns that we've developed uh, over the years uh, and hopefully have a good conversation with uh, Gonda about it. And you, Gonda? Yeah, I I love communication. I think that's my core business. And I'm a trainer, a coach, and of course, also an advisor. But that is something I leave behind. I love to coach and train people with my knowledge at this point in my career. Very impressive. Uh, right. So what do you... Uh, let's maybe start at the, the beginning. You already mentioned communication campaigns. Um, for the people that are not so in the know about communication, that might sound a bit weird or a bit vague. Um, so how about we introduce communication as a, as a subject, as a, uh, a field, as a profession? Um, so maybe, Honda, you go first. Uh, how would you describe the profession of being a communication specialist? Oh, that's an interesting one. I read today that our own emeritus professor, Betteke von Rule says... There is no definition for communication. There are so much, many interpretations. But for me, it's uh, the whole, uh, it's between people. What do we understand each other? Do we, so I communicate, do you understand me? When you understand me, so the way I I, I meant it, then we have perfect communication. My, My vision, you have an intention, you want to communicate, but I'm the receiver. And I have my own world. And I think most of the time, the connection is a little bit different than what you meant to say to me and what I receive. So communication, my definition is, it's a complex process between mm-hmm. people. And um, it is really a profession. And Johanna, do you have something to add? Maybe you, you have a more clear definition or do you think... Well, probably not. If the emeritus (laughs) uh, professor said it, then uh, I agree with that as well. Um, And to add to that, I think it's about connecting with people and uh, uh, indeed what you say to to speak the same language or at least understand what the other one is saying. And I think from a communication professional perspective, it's very hard to, to make sure that your message is received and that people connect it with. And I think that uh, is the challenge that we have to work with and um, is a fun challenge. Yes. So we're talking mostly about 
people communicating between each other uh, and having the right message go from one person to the other. Um, maybe to elaborate a bit more on that, um, what would you say is your uh, one of the key defining things that you do with communication in your daily work? Uh, some something like sending emails, is that what you do? Or uh, do you talk to people a lot? Or uh, what's the main thing that you do with communication daily? Uh, maybe you go first, Anna. Um, well, I think we communicate all day long. So that's, uh, uh, in that sense, a very broad <laughs> answer. Fair, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, but to make it more specific to what we do is that we, um, well, we have a security awareness campaign at Awareways uh, and a program. And what communication does is that it ties all the interventions and all the actions that we do throughout that program. It ties it together to one story. So you create one narrative um, um, and you communicate that to people so that they hopefully uh, connect with the message uh, and also find it more important and understand the meaning of, of what we do. And that's specifically what we do with information security uh, at Awareways. Yeah, for me, I think most of the time I'm um, thinking about what kind of question can I ask somebody else to understand why he's thinking the way he's thinking. And when I'm training, then I want a lot of interaction because I only know if they understand my message by asking. So most of the time, I'm connected to people to listen, um, communicate by, yeah, ask questions. That's most part of my job at the moment. Yeah. So, yeah, you go. And how do you make sure that uh, you get the, 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 the right answers or that you're sure that you're on the same level, basically, or that you're aligned with the other person and that your message is perceived the same way? Because I think sometimes you can also use language, say like, oh, yes, yes, I understand. But do you really? How do you do that check? Yeah, that's a very good question. First of all, the one who, who when I give a training or I coach somebody, who is responsible for... The question, that's me. But who is responsible for the en- for the answer is the one who is receiving the question. So I have to look at the other and I have to listen. And when they say something I don't understand or my brain think, ah, I know what you mean, Hannah. Then it goes wrong because I, I really don't know what you mean. So I have to ask another question. So that's my daily business asking questions that's what i do yeah it's a good one good to start with i think yeah, yeah. especially because your yeah. your aware campaign i think that the narrative you build when people recognize what your narrative is and they get a feeling with it that they that it's for them they can yeah identify themselves in it and it's working but then you have to ask questions or observe their behavior. Otherwise, it's your campaign and your story. And it's only, it's only nice for you and people like you. That's it's not going to go anywhere with that. No, no, no. Yeah. Exactly. That should be the start. Yeah. Yeah. So your uh, communication, communication needs to reach the person. They also need to understand what you're saying. Uh, but they also need to uh, picture themselves in your communication or at least be able to relate uh, at a personal level to 
what you're communicating. Um, at Airways, we also talk a lot in, in this podcast, as you may have noticed in other previous episodes, we talk a lot about behavioral change um, because that's usually our end goal uh, at Airways is to change the behavior of people so they can be more uh, conscious and be more aware of how uh, of the risks that exist in uh, the cybersecurity world. Um, so uh, the question I have here is um, how do you influence uh, behavioral change or how do you create behavioral change um, with communication? Like what influence does it have on that change? How do you get people to do something through your communication? Um, um, the main important part for me is that you have to start with uh, telling people, make clear what you want them to do. So uh, how... Um, what do you want for what kind of behavior? That must be crystal clear. Then the other end at the beginning is that you need to know why do people what they do. So you can, then there is a hole between what they do and what you want them to do. Mm -hmm. And I think it's necessary to know what they need, for example, what they need to, to do or also what they need to make that behavior in a way you want them to do. For example, when I know what you want from me, then I have the motivation. Do I want the behavior you ask me to do? But also the capacity. Is it possible for me to do what you want me to do? And then the opportunity is the whole environment also for me easy to behave what you want me to do. And that is a simple model you use with behavior. And then you can look what kind of impact can I have with communication in those three parts. Motivation, capacity and opportunity. All right. That seems very clear. Went a bit too fast for my brain, uh, but that might just be me. So we have a starting point and a goal that we want to reach. And then you have three pillars maybe yes. uh, that you use to get an influence on the behavior of people. Do you recognize that, Hannah? Um, yes, very much. I think, uh, like you said, make it very simple, make it very concrete for people, uh, small steps. Um, and I think to give an example of what we do, for example, is that we say to people, okay, you have to create a strong password. That's very vague. So if you say that to people, people are like, I don't know what that means, but sure, I agree, but I don't know what to do with it. So what we really try to say, like, okay, what is a strong password? For example, 12 characters, it needs to have a capital letter, it needs to have a number or anything like that. But also say you can use a password manager to save it or to create them as well. Um, so give them pointers uh, and concrete tips to do it, to make it easier to also uh, make it seem less big than it is because people often don't have the tools, like you said, like the capacity of people to do something like that. So, um, well, we ourselves at Aware always use the theory of planned behavior, but that's also all those things you mentioned are in there as well. And you look at those different facets to make sure that you, you know, look at all those things because they all influence very much ultimately what behavior you um you, you do uh, on a daily basis. So uh, it's very important to look at those other things 
not just here is your uh, bucket of knowledge and go do it. Uh, it doesn't work like that. So you have to look at different things. And that's always what we do uh, at Awareways as well. Nice. I think that will help. And I think that communication always uh, can help people. Only b- because everybody knows that you need a password and that the password is not for somebody easy to find. But let's be honest, it's difficult. Mm-hmm. So you can help people. And that's, for example, Hannah, beautiful. Use it like this, this, this. Then you help people and you help them with the capacity co- part. You learn them something. Motivation is something else. You need, uh, I don't know what your experience is, but that is, for example, a norm. And I don't know in English or one one by one, but every Monday before 12, you need to have a new password. That's very important. And when you say, okay, it doesn't matter if in one week you change your password. People are not so... (laughs) Dedicated. When I say to my children, you can only drink one glass of wine. How big do you think they have the glasses? That's the problem, eh? We stretch it. We stretch it all the time. So they don't really have the motivation to drink less, I guess. I think so. so. Sorry, my children, when you listen to this, you (laughs) are so good with alcohol. No, but as an example, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think that goes also for uh, if you want to go to the gym more often. I mean, people have the motivation for that. Yes. But it all doesn't always translate to behavior. So how do you see that? Where where does the gap lie in those yeah, kinds of instances? That is, You already said it, Hannah. Make it very small and personal. Because big changes won't work. We want to do that. We do it a little time and then... Uh, we have our first disappointment and then, 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 then that moment. Do I start again or do I think most of the time, yeah, it's nothing for me. <sighs> let go. Let go. Yeah. And what is the hardest part in your work? What people know, m- are motivated, but don't do. What is your, in your opinion at the, your company? I think what we see is that the most difficult part uh, that people feel like it's their responsibility. So because it's most often a very IT kind of related subject. uh, Before, I would say like maybe five or 10 years ago, it was not a problem of a of a normal employee anyway. So it was just Mm -hmm. like IT was doing all the all the uh, technical stuff and I don't need to, you know, uh, do anything with that. But that's now it's changing because People are very much part of cybersecurity in a very central part as well. Um, And understanding their role uh, is something that we start with very often to say like, okay, this is your impact on this situation to make them feel more part of it as well, rather than just be like distant and say like, okay, but I'm not part of this. Because then it's very easy to say, I don't have to do anything. So I don't change my behavior. So I would say that's most most important thing in our work uh, to start with. Yeah, I understand. I think that is a very good start because when it's not your responsibility, you do nothing. You have no motivation. Yeah, Yeah, you have no motivation. Nice. Yeah. And it's, it's and I have to be honest, it's not easy, right? Definitely. No. And it helps because in your personal life, you have the same problem. So I'm, I think it, ha- it it's very helpful. That's also something I look always 
I'll always look at, is the environment where we live in. And at this moment with fake news and AI, IE, I always try to AI, <laughs> AI, AI, AI <laughs> is, uh, which, there is so much possible mm-hmm. and you're, you never know what's true or not. So we all have to be more digital, yeah, yeah. better and aware that I think it's true. Everybody needs to know, do that. And if you have a, a communication uh, project you're working on and it's, for example, for an international company or uh, for a very uh, big organization, like how do you get in touch with the people? Because there are very a lot of different groups, a lot of different needs, a lot of different personalities. How do you connect with that? Through, I drink with a lot of coffee. With everyone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's, of course, impossible. But one one thing I think is not working well in organization and it's also um, what I think that in communication is, is a big problem is that we think that one message is for everyone. I don't believe that. When you have uh, persons who are in a company who are very dedicated to safety, for example, when you are a lawyer or you are working at finance, you always are more dedicated to, to, to safety for your material, etc. But somebody who is working uh, at a secretary, not secretary, I think also a secretary, but for example, you're working uh, at the office, you're uh, somebody who is working there for maybe putting some data or something else, you, you're not so aware. So there are different groups, different um, ways to communicate. I don't believe in one message. I believe in several messages with, of course, first, the investigation. What do they need? Otherwise, I can't do it. So I drink a lot of coffee (laughs) to understand them. That is what I do. So... Um, I think that hooks it nicely to one of my follow-up questions. Um, what do you say, what do you think is um, the biggest challenge to create lasting change? Um, because of course we can we can communicate, we can talk to people um, and changing behavior is possible. We can, we can convince people to change. Um, but I think uh, in, especially in organizations and especially what you mentioned about um, not one message fits for everyone, Um, how do you think you can create uh, a message that has a lasting impact on not only people, but the entire group? Yeah, I think that is also depending on the people and the culture of an organization. When you have a culture that is with a lot of rules, then will help rules. Then will rules will help. But when you have more a company of people who are creative, then rules are not working. Mm. So you have you have always have to look at what in this company is something that everybody likes. And I love I, I think that you have to not not to be punishing and, and things like that. I don't believe in punish. I believe in uh, rewarding so show people that it's working. For example, I had a lot of years in the uh, safety, but then on the floor in fabrics and, and that kind of stuff. Factory, and they had yeah. yeah factories, and they had a, a sign: uh, "100 days no accident." Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. 100 days no cyber uh, attack 
or no phishing or everybody, a thousand people change their password on Monday at 11. Yeah. <laughs> so I think, yeah, you have to make it more easy and more relaxed. Otherwise, people get a little bit afraid and they don't do anything when they are afraid. So the positive side of everything. Yeah, I think that helps. Yeah. Because a lot of people are afraid what they may might may maybe do wrong. And yeah. what what do you do when you think, uh oh, it's not okay? You freeze. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or you fight or you fly. Yeah. So really, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that's yeah. that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so for so many people so hard to imagine what is going what 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 can happen? You know, your company knows. But a lot of people only see a, a big hairy monster and have no idea. So you have to help them. Yeah. Yeah, and it, and it can help to know the risks, to know to have the full picture of it, but also yes. have the positive uh, message from like this is also what you can do, and this is what you can bring to the table uh, when it comes to what well, cybersecurity is what we're talking about today. But in any uh, regards. Because with communication, you often want people to do something or, you know, be aware of something or at least have the right knowledge in order to do something in the end. Yeah. Um, it's not just uh, pushing out messages um, where you are not expecting a result or anything. No. And, and of course, when you want uh, behavior for a long time, you also have to look at the management. And everybody knows but that is well a very important part. They have to be aware and, and compliment uh, people, but also be very um, sensitive at a, at a point when something is wrong. Go and sit around the table and give people uh, a good feeling about what has happened now and how can we f- uh, stop this. But not only with communication like a news brief or intranet or whatever, that is not working. That is not working. You so, need to be there yeah. among the people and kind of talk the yeah. talk to them face to face, you think? Because when there is fear, it doesn't help with uh, communication in what kind of form. The only way is talk. When it is laziness, that is also possible, then you have to be Directly, okay, laziness, okay, but every Monday we change our password. Mm-hmm. No discussion, that's something else. But you first have to know what is it, why people don't do what you want them to do. Yeah, yeah. for example, uh, people don't have time or people yes. don't have the capacity to do it. So uh, uh, that's a very important part as well. Yeah, Because then you can use that as well or change things in order for people to follow that or change their behavior, uh, how it should be. Yes. And what one of, one of the things I learned is when time is an issue, then you always have to look what is rewarded in this company. For example, people who, who want work on heights, they have to wear a, a, a harness, something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when they always, everybody say time, you have to be quick and production then people huh, jump on a ladder and forget to put on their safety. Why? They know it's safer to use your belt. But time is rewarded. Fast working is rewarded. Then you have to change that reward bit is 
your safety and not the time. And that's a culture which you have to change in the whole company. And that takes a lot of time as well. That's also a lot of time to change that and work on that. We know that, Hannah. That takes a lot of time. But I think safety is is a very good parallel because I feel like that's came up uh, a few decades ago and that was not important at all before uh, they put some awareness on it and now it's seatbelts and now it's very very common and it's very into the system and into the culture that you um work you know, safely yeah yeah work safely that you have these boots on or a helmet on and now people cannot imagine that they used to work without them uh, and I think it's also our goal for cybersecurity that it has that level at some point you know that nice. people are like Yes, my password should be very strong. It should be this long. And uh, I cannot imagine that I didn't used to do that, for example. So I think that's a very good parallel and example um, of where we are working towards as well. And it's a very strong example as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Right. I have a couple uh, statements prepared for you uh, for just for you to react to a bit uh, of an interesting angle maybe um that you can shine a light on um so the first one i have here is behavioral change is impossible without communication what do you think yes when you don't communicate what you want people to do then it's impossible fair anna yeah i agree uh behavioral change is entangled with communication i think so it's very, very, very important that you have somebody that knows how to communicate that kind of leads your behavioral change, uh, as or at least as a program or the goal of behavioral change, you think? It's, uh, yeah, it's essential uh, indeed what you say to communicate what you want, what, what, and not only say like you have to do this because that's not uh, only getting you there, uh, but also look at the other parts, like also management. Management needs to be uh, positive, needs to be aware of things, needs to be, you know, have an impact on on people as well. Um, and that's also communication to management. So you have a lot of different things you have to think about. Um, but indeed, without communication, uh, you're not going to change your, your behavior. Fair enough. Um Second one I have here, uh, you already touched on this a bit, Honda, so um, maybe I'll go to Hannah first here. Um, communication needs to be tailored uh, for different cultural and demographic groups to have maximum impact. Uh, yeah, I do agree with that. Um, and if we look at the cultural side, um, I mean, you can translate the means of communication you have, uh, but I think to have that that specific... Um, view on things from a cultural perspective you can never catch that if you're not there or you're mm-hmm. not working there or you're not from there so I think that should always have have a different perspective on it and 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 be checked and be looked at like is this working in uh, the country or the, the place where we are um, and for demographic users yeah I think as well because you, you can see in different organizations that, for example, uh, uh, different departments like an IT department have a very different way of talking to each other, have different understanding uh, than, for example, uh, the people, the cleaners, for example. So, um, yeah, and you want things from both of them. And sometimes it's the same thing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, there's a difference in how to, to talk to one another and how to approach mm-hmm. people with a certain message. You? Crystal clear. <laughs> and I think what helps is co-creation to ask them to 
think with you, sit with you and pre-test and test your communication. But your answer is brilliant, Hannah. I agree. Thank Full, you. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> One question for you, though, because, um, you know, sometimes you have limited time in planning or maybe in budgets. Uh, so you cannot maybe sit with everyone. Uh, what do you do in, in such a case? A little groups, little focus groups of three or four people online um, and talk about their way of working. And uh, because I want to know, I want to learn how they work, how they think. And then after that, I tra train myself, okay, what can I put in or what can I give for information for them to yeah, to build, eh? to, to to pick a new step. And then I take three other people and then three other people. So most of the time in little groups and then my vision, I, ch I check that with the next group and with the next group. But yes, of course, sometimes you don't have the time, but I take and never in my whole life <laughs> had a, 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 an assignment where I not talk to people. And maybe two or three, but it is so important for your creativity. How do you uh, pick those people? You mentioned you pick small focus groups. Do yes. you roll a dice, basically? or? Oh, no. <laughs> I ask people, and most of the time I ask people uh, who are involved with the subject, because um, that is what I need to have for a start, with mm -hmm. kind of which kind of people are already involved. And then I ask him, for example, do you know people in this organization who are totally disagree with you? Yes, 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 I know. And then they give me somebody who is totally the opposite. I always ask, who, which, give me a group of people who are working for 20 years and give me also a group of people who are just in the company. Mm. So I want to see the difference between the people. That's what I like. And sometimes I go, not, not sometimes, I go lunch and drink coffee when I'm at the company. That is what's very important, to see people in real life. It's not a, a zoo, right? You can walk <laughs> through them, you exactly, can look yeah. at them, you can touch them. Yeah. And you can ask them questions. How do you do that? Can you show me how you do that? Yes, of course. And when they show you, you see what kind of yeah, route they take. Yeah, it seems like a very fun and interesting uh, way of working, yeah. yeah I also I love really it. love the idea of asking people um, whose opinions differ from theirs. It seems like a very good strategy to get a varying uh, group or at least a very diverse group of uh, voices. So, yeah, I really, I really oh. like that. Oh, nice. <laughs> um, right, I, again, this is a, another statement uh, and that you already kind of touched on, um, but this is also kind of uh, something that people definitely disagree on. Um, Fear-based messaging is an efficient approach to persuade people to change their behavior. What do you think, Hannah? Yeah, we already talked about it. Uh, I think uh, uh, short-term... Um, strategy is fear-based and I think you can get something out of that but I think if you want lasting behavioral change then coming from a positive message that people really believe in or will start believing in um, is a, a more lasting solution uh, and something you really want because people start to feel it more because it's from a positive um, source mm -hmm. instead of just like <gasps> 
this can go very, very wrong. And I'm okay. Yeah. I won't. I will never click again on a link in my email. Uh, but yeah, is that the is that the behavior you want? Probably not. Yeah, it's nice that you uh, um, say from okay. Then the 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 the, in, the how do you call that? You make them very afraid, and mm-hmm. then they stop doing everything. Is that what mm-hmm. you want them to do? That is the, the first question. What do you want them to to do? And when fear helps, okay, feel free. But I don't know when fear helps to be more conscious and more more. No, it it fear grows, and then people stop. I don't think that is working. No, I agree. Um, from like personal experience, uh, might not be super relatable, but as a software developer, um, you have you work with databases sometimes, and the very fun thing that you can do with a database is just completely destroy it, and that means data is gone. Right? You don't you don't want people to lose their data. Um, so as a software developer, you always have this one time that you need to learn in your career where you just completely destroy a database. It needs to happen. Everybody does it once. That's going to happen at some point. So until you learn by example or learn by experience, uh, you don't necessarily know that you uh, need to pay attention at all times. Um, but yeah, from my personal experience, I do kind of feel a fear every time I work with uh, that that part of my work because I need to be very careful of what I do yeah. and of the the things that I put in, the, the things that I get out so that I don't uh, completely destroy everything. Um, so in that sense, it, for See, me, it, it helps feels, you. Yeah, it feels sometimes that the, that kind of fear does benefit me, but it's conscious in that sense. I need to be aware first that that is a possibility and then I'm reminded, hey, I need to pay attention. I need to focus. Whereas I think if you take a positive approach, you might already do it without thinking. If that makes sense. Mm, help me. Could be. I could just be me. <laughs> no, 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 no. But you said um, when when there is a positive approach, what mm-hmm. is happening in your brain when yeah, it's so positive? For for me personally, um, when I think of things that I learned in a positive manner um, in my job. Uh, those have become habits of me. Oh, perfect. So um, I think in that sense, the things that uh, I, I don't think about them as much because I learned them in a fun and enjoyable way. Nice. So, uh, and they reward you maybe as well. It second nature. Yeah. Because it's yeah. a positive thing you do. Whereas it's long-lasting, the, so yeah. it's long-lasting. I mean, fear is also long-lasting. <laughs> yeah, but it also kills your creati- exactly. creativity because yeah. you're... Freeze. Okay, I don't can touch. Oh, I, I don't think that people that it makes people mm-hmm. happy. No, I agree. And what what one thing I know a lot about our brain when something is not nice, we want to move a, away from it. So we we try to avoid it. Mm-hmm. So what do you avoid? Maybe not clicking, but you avoid also, and that's perfect. How you uh, tell us to us is behavior safe behavior that is what you block exactly nice yeah. and you're a good example <laughs> thanks yeah yeah it's uh might have been a bit of a stretch for some people but yeah it i, it, I think it does have like a, a kernel of truth in there um yeah. that fear-based communication 
might not always be super bad, but it's probably not what you want to do for uh, for the long term. Now, and we know lot, there is a lot of uh, investigation that when you uh, pronounce behavior, behavior what you don't want, people think, ah, but everybody does that. So it doesn't work that way. Yeah. Yeah, you see that quite often where people think they're in the majority. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Right. Um, I think we're uh, through our statements here. Um, so we have a recurring segment uh, that you already know about um, in our podcast here. Uh, it's called Fool Me Once. Uh, and in this segment, we just present a story, talk about it, uh, react a bit. Um, so we're all kind of on our toes um, to keep each other aware of possible threats that exist out there um, and learn from each other and see if we can be uh, better humans in the future. Um, so Honda, you have a, a story to tell. Yes. Uh, and it cost me a lot of money. <laughs> I have a second house Never in nice. Italy. And I always, when I buy something in the Netherlands, I look and look at safe websites and check, check, double check. And in Italy, uh, everything is is new. The language is new, mm-hmm. but I'm very proud that I can buy everything I need to build my house, rebuild my house. I have to change that. And at one okay. day I said to my lovely husband, oh, I see a wine cooling machine. That is that is not so expensive. That is nice for downstairs. Mm-hmm. My husband said, okay, please order. Order. The first bell. We don't accept credit cards. We only want some money on our bank account. No bell in my head. No, I wanted that <laughs> wine cooling machine. Oh my God, no check. Okay, I ordered it. And you can think, I still wait for this wine cool machine. And after two months, I start looking and then I saw, yeah, that man is not okay. And I think, yeah. With all the shame of my head, you see, I'm a little bit have blushes on my on my on my cheeks. I'm being fooled so easily. Mm-hmm. So I've learned. I think everybody's been there to to some extent, yeah. To be a bit overconfident, maybe. Yes, that's uh-huh. it. Very excited about the wine cooler. And, yes, and you yes. ignore all the signals yeah. on oh, the way. Yes, really, I <laughs> ignore them all. Why? Yes, you're right. I want it. And I, I, I think you're, um, uh, how do you call that? Did you say, yes, you, 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 you would, overconfident. Yes, yeah. overconfident. That is a nice word. Yeah, I mm-hmm. think that's true. And if you really want something, your brain also avoids the signals, but also makes things logical that aren't. Because you said like, oh, but it's in Italy. It probably works differently, you know? Exactly. So Hannah. your brain exactly. fools you a little bit there as yeah, well. And yeah, I think yeah, more yeah. people, the, the, a lot of people experience this probably. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it's a, it's finding a way to, you know, see those red flags and also mm-hmm. do something with it. Um, yeah. But that's difficult because every time it's a new situation, probably. Yes. Um, yes. I know I, we all know the very famous WhatsApp fraud where your mom sends you a message and says, or or, or your mom is being sent a message mm-hmm. like, "Hi, hey, I'm your daughter," and I uh, my phone fell in the toilet. I think. Yeah. Something um, like that. Yeah. Yeah. And we need these kind of examples because when you uh, hear an example and then you and and the and in the, that week there is a message from your daughter. 
you think, oh my God, is this true? I said my daughter often, is this you? But mm. you know, also the criminals can say, yes, it's you, <laughs> honey. So it's, it's yeah, very yeah. difficult to, to see what is real and what is not real. And, it's getting, and the criminals are getting better and better mm. and better. Yeah. So we have to be prepared. Yeah. yeah, the examples yeah. are really valuable. Um, for what we, I think, what we can learn here is definitely just always to be at some level level of alertness. Yes, um, especially if you're dealing with money, of course, that's uh, what people usually want to get from you. Um, trusting your gut, I think, is also really important. Like you mentioned, you 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 already check uh, the the trustworthiness of certain websites uh, yourself. You usually do that, and then one yeah one slip and. There are yeah. always reviews to check. So I As guess well, in yeah. this one, uh, yes, yes, like yes. Googling a little bit uh, gives you a lot of yeah. answers already. Yeah. In the Netherlands, I do it all the time. And now you think, what do I do in Italy now? Mm. I do it all, all the time. The time. <laughs> I've learned. Yeah. And yeah, maybe just look up how payment systems work in different uh, countries. Yes. Uh, that's also really useful, especially if you're working online. And there is something else, because we just, talk about that fear is not working. What is happening with me when I order something in Italy, I order it on platforms I trust. So that is something what my brain is the, it does with me now. I only look for safe and companies I know. And I think that a lot of companies should think about that kind of pattern, what people are going to do. When you don't give safe and you're not safe or people can't find you where you're safe, then you have a problem in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Um, I think that's uh, that's us finished for uh, today. Thank you so much, both of you, uh, Honda and Hannah, of course. Um, maybe Honda, where can people find you? Where they can, well, I'm now here, but uh, in... <laughs> When you want to read my book, for example, you can go to brainwithcommunication.nl and there you can find my book. And the only thing you have to do is give some money to investigate uh, against cancer. And then you can read it for free because I love to share. That's very nice of you. Yes. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. That's it for this episode. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure to follow us on your favorite podcasting platforms. For more information about Awareways, you can visit awareways.com.